En USPS entregamos más paquetes para que tú también puedas hacerlo. ¡Llegaron mis zapatos de fútbol! Más rápido de lo que esperaba. ¿Entrega para la futura deportista? ¡Huepa! Llegó la sortija y le va a encantar. Está en ella. ¿Entrega para una futura esposa? ¡Oye! Llegó mi nueva computadora. ¿Entrega para una futura startup? En USPS, sin importar el negocio que tengas, siempre estaremos entregando por ti. Entregamos para todos. Conoce más en USPS.com diagonal para todos. Welcome back to Rabbit Noise on Rabbit Radio. Joining me on the program now is protest the hero Shredder Tim Miller. How are you going tonight, man? Very good. How are you going? Yeah, awesome, dude. Just uh, kicking back, playing some metal, and looking forward to uh, you guys coming down here. So next week uh, you're going to be here and in uh, support of your new album, And we last saw you at Soundwave a couple of years ago. So how's things been since then? Good. Uh, that was a great tour, and... I've been itching to come back to Australia since then, so I'm glad it finally happened. Uh, but yeah, all is well, I guess. Uh, we put out a record since then, and we've just been pretty much touring to support it, and it's been going great. Awesome, man. Well, uh, yeah, well, everyone's looking forward to you coming back. So, you know, I, I have a lot of friends who are musos that love your songwriting and love your band as well. And I was talking to a good friend of mine, Dan, the other day, who wanted to know... You know, how much of an impact has, say, classical music played with your own songwriting? Um, for me, it's kind of just like, I guess, in my blood, where I listen to it a little bit now, but when I was growing up, it was always played, like, in my house, and as well, I started taking, like, piano lessons as a kid, so uh, kind of, that was my first exposure to music, so I feel like maybe my ear, when I'm writing or whatever, tends to go a little more classical, uh, and then I guess listening to some like metal as a teenager and stuff like that, you know, just the really shreddy stuff or the cheese ball stuff. A lot of it, it has a lot of neoclassical roots and stuff like that. So it's kind of, you know, definitely crossed, crossed the path for me a lot. And I think it just kind of uh, unconsciously factors into a lot of the stuff that I like to write. Well, you can definitely hear it in there. I mean, it's, it's quite technical stuff. Your riffs and song structures uh, can be quite complex. Do you, do you find yourself trying to challenge yourself constantly with your writing? And uh, do you ever find yourself being hit with like writer's block very often because you know you, you put so much into the songs? Yeah, sometimes I find like mostly writer's block happens when you're writing for a new album and you kind of get like let's say like seven or eight songs into it. So you kind of have hashed out all those ideas and it's mostly about you know, feeling like you're doing something fresh, even though you've just written, you know, a bunch of songs that came before that. But, um, no, definitely uh, with the technicality and stuff, it's kind of second nature to us. And I don't think we, now we're kind of more trying to focus on songwriting and not writing stuff to be technical just to, for the sake of being technical. Mm. But, uh There's also, in some songs, we kind of are just like, this is the part that we're going to mess with and kind of make that, you know, the technical focus and then try to, you know, not go over the top for the rest of the song kind of thing. But so sometimes there is, I guess, an intention to be technical or make make a cool part. And then other times it's just like, let's keep this a little more straightforward and think of the good, the goodness for the goodness of the song and not just do it just for the sake of doing it and feeling, you know, just to make it different kind of thing. You translate your music to uh, paper for each album as well. Uh, is that something you, you know, genuinely enjoy doing, or is it just so more so for the fans 
and uh, the shredders out there? There's, I guess, a couple reasons. One, uh, writing it down when it's fresh is the best time to do it, so you never forget it. Like, even I'm so thankful that we did take the time to do that because now if we go back and play old songs, we ha- we have taps of them, and it's just like you have a record of it. It's not going back and listening and trying to figure out, like, what the heck did I do there kind of thing. <laughs> and I, I do think, like, the only way that music from the past has remained around was because people were transcribing it, like, all the classical music and stuff like that. The only way that we have a copy of it is through transcription. So I always think that is an important pro- part of the, you know, the process and should always be kind of available. But at the same time, Luke and I started doing it because we'd go online and see tabs and they'd just be pretty far off the mark. And we figured that we could just do it. And, you know, it's something that we would have killed for our the bands that we looked up to as kids or when we started playing guitar. They put out their own tab books. We felt like it doesn't get that much more uh, legitimate than that. That's awesome, man. Because I, I know, like, sometimes, you know, like, if I want to learn a song, I'll go on online. And uh, even with the tuning and stuff, you look at it and you go, man, that's way off. What are these dudes smoking? Like, yeah, the, so, the, the worst thing, the worst is when you go and you find it and you're like, that doesn't sound right to me. And then everyone's giving it, like, a five-star rating and commenting, like, this is amazing. And you're just like... It's not. It's not accurate. It's frustrating. So, I, don't know, I think people do do uh, care to have the right thing in front of them, and it just makes it that much easier when you a know the tuning, but b can just see it, and then you start playing it, and it sounds right. It just like saves you so much time and hassle and all that too, right? And I guess it's because if it was a song that you wrote as well, and seeing that someone else has gone and, and tabbed it, you'd probably be, it'd probably be pretty frustrating. You're like, no, you could play it like this. Yeah. I mean, At the same time, I guess on YouTube, you see someone playing something that's not how it's played, but they play it differently and better and, or just in a different way and they still pull it off. So it's like, it is always open for interpretation too, I guess. Yeah, I, I, true. Uh, you know, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, but that, I would say the majority of the time it's wrong and there's an easier way or different way to do it that would make it a lot easier on the the player awesome man well how was it working with chris adler on the latest album as well you know how much did uh he contribute to the songwriting process yeah it was great it was honestly like you know a great experience and it was one of those things where it's like had i not been like stressed out and anxious to get into the studio i would have probably taken a step back and been like that's pretty cool this you know in the practice space working with chris but he was a treat to work with. Uh, most of the stuff had been written before we kind of brought him into the process. So we kind of sent him pre-production with drums and pretty much told him, like, do this, try to stick to this. And some songs we were a little more uh, lenient than others where we're kind of just like, do whatever you want here kind of thing. So we didn't write songs together per se, but uh, I think within the confines of the songs we had given him, he put a lot of his little uh, nuances and his flair on a lot of the stuff, so it really comes through. This year has been uh, a killer year for albums so far. So, uh, you know, I've been asking a few different uh, musos of late. What have you been cranking on the uh, two of us of late? The most recent discovery, and I don't know, I yeah, I guess it probably came out this year, was this band called Snarky Puppy, and they're kind of like a fusion jazz band. 
super nerdy, but it's just kind of a good way to escape from the loud and heavy world, but also have some crazy musicians that are just doing some stuff that you can appreciate and just sit back and relax. They they had this one video, I forget what the song is for, but it's uh, like a live, live off the floor recording where people are in there and they're just, they're all like session guys that are just going to town, but they have like a small audience just sitting around watching these guys just destroy their instruments and some of the people are even just laughing because it's just that good. Man, I'm going to have to check this out. So I'm always, yeah. you know, I'm on the lookout for uh, new bands and stuff that you don't necessarily hear about in the in the mainstream media. So, uh, yeah, I'll definitely check those guys out. That sounds awesome, man. You know, as a musician, you know, are there any other uh, musos that you just love to jam with? Yeah, I probably, most of them would probably just shred me under the table. So it's always, it would be a little nerve-wracking, but... Uh, Paul Gilbert's one of my favorite guitar players, and uh, I just feel like instead of shredding or jamming with him, it's feel like teach me everything you know kind of thing. But he's just a very unique player and pretty much has every technique that I can think of refined. So he's just very versatile and writes great music. And, yeah, it'd be great to be able to sit in a room and play some tunes with him. Have you met him before? No. Uh, I've only actually seen him once in concert, too, but... No, we've never crossed paths. I don't know. Like, he does, he tours on his own or with, you know, I saw him with the G3, which is like Guitar Wank Fest. But uh, <laughs> I, we never crossed paths, and I don't know where we would, but definitely someone I'd love to meet and, you know, get to see perform more. Well, man, I hope so. I hope, you know, that one day, you know, you get to, uh, you know, sit down and, and have a jam with him. Yeah, that'd be amazing. I wouldn't pass up the opportunity if it was presented to me. Let's put that out into the universe, dude. Hopefully. All right. It's out there in the ether. That's it. It'll happen. Awesome, man. Well, uh, we're going to go to the track Tilting Against Windmills from your latest album. Now, thanks so much for hanging with us tonight, Tim. And uh, we'll see you at the Hi-Fi in Brisbane on Thursday, September 4. Looking forward to it. We've actually played there before, so it's a familiar place, but it's going to be an awesome show. Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. 